You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. I don't know why Doug is playing air guitar. Is there? Is that air guitar? Was that air piano? I'd say I just it was, saw it. Out well, it was guitar, but I had to hold it up high at the camera so that you could see it. Dude, I'm just trying to get you pumped up, man. We got Jonathan DeLong back on the show, second straight show. I'm pumped again. That's a double dose of DeLong division. <laughs> that's too, awesome it's too much that's multiplication it, it's too much it's absolutely too much but we're going to give it to you any anyway because the long division got a promotion the first time i can't wait to see what's going to happen to him this time probably going to own everything after he appears on the show a second time we've got two segments again of DeLong division that's multiplication of, of division what was that order of order of operations that's pemdas right PEMDAS, that's, right. That's what people argue about all the time on Twitter when they put random math problems up there. Multiplication before division, the long division in your face. The Hornets signed another seven-foot white guy. We'll talk about that later on in the show. They also have signed a couple of other people on Monday. I believe that was August 6th. Joe Cheely, Josh Perkins. We'll talk about that later on the show and discuss if they were maybe exhibit 10 contracts, what maybe that could mean this offseason as far as players making the roster. We'll get to all that later on. But first, Jonathan DeLong, editor at thehive.com, joining us once again. And we've been talking a lot about what the Hornets have done this offseason, except really the biggest thing they decided not to do this offseason, and that was re-sign Kimball Walker. They gave him an offer. A lot of people felt it was a lowball offer for about $160 million. It was certainly less than I thought they were going to offer Kimba. I thought it was at least going to hit 170, probably would have put my money on them offering $180 million, but they went close to 20 million below, even with the all NBA selection that made him prime to possibly make north of 200 million. They decided to go way down than what a lot of people thought. Jonathan, you mentioned that you did not like the signing of Terry Rozier. How do you think the Charlotte Hornets handled this entire situation surrounding Kemba Walker and not deciding to re, uh, return? Uh, I, I also not a fan. Um, I can I reserve the right to change his opinion if they do a good job rebuilding from here. We'll make oh, that call. That's a, yeah. it's, it's a Doug Branson special. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> that's right. But in the moment, yeah, I, 160 is like that. Sounds like a we don't want you to resign, but we have to make an offer to make it look like we want you to resign type of thing. Because like I would have thought they could have gone up to just the regular bird max at 191 or whatever it was, or even a little above that to re-sign him. And I don't think anybody would have faulted them for that. So to come in with that low, I thought was like a, here's your offer. We know you're not going to take it, so go ahead and go elsewhere. Don't you think that had they just come into this thing with a a very clear plan early on, this is what we're going to do. We're either going to really make every effort to keep Kimball Walker or or just not make every and just come out publicly with that mm-hmm. don't you think that that would have at least uh put the public perception in a better place about how they handled this situation they still would have lost Kimba Walker but at least it wouldn't have looked like they they had just had no idea what they were doing yeah for sure like it makes them look like they have a plan and you can agree or disagree with the plan all you want but the way they handled it makes it look like they're incompetent which they could be but they did a good job making it look that way. 
Well, this is the problem that I had with everybody else's thoughts on Mitch Kupchak and even his comments. It does seem that people were insulted that Mitch Kupchak felt like we were stupid with some of the comments that he had. And everything they had planned, everything that they have carried out, it made it seem that they were not going to bring back Kimba Walker. And he lied. He said that they were going to do everything that they could to bring Kimba Walker back, which is fine. The L General word. managers, they, they lie. They, this a, is what general managers strong. do constantly. Yeah, I said it. I'm confident in it. That's what they do. And look, that's fine. This is what GMs this is what GMs do to the media, right? They tell, yeah, we're going to do everything we can to bring back Kimball Walker within our power. Well, you didn't because you could have offered him the full Supermax. You could have offered him at least the regular Bird Max. You could have offered him more than 160, and you didn't do it. Yeah. I, but every action that they carried out, it really did show that they weren't going to bring back Kimball Walker. And even with the trade pieces, right? At the deadline... Mitch Kupchak did not want to get rid of Malik Monk or any assets, certainly not Miles Bridges, any first round selections. And at the trade deadline last year, we thought if you're going to bring back Kimball Walker, then it probably just makes sense to bring any kind of star here, whether it was Marcus All, who was the biggest rumored guy at the time, but they didn't want to get rid of any assets. And I think a lot of that, it demonstrates a want to to rebuild and while Mitch Kupchak was you know he's not very good in front of the media every once in a while not right like we we've got that there are times where he's okay there are times where actually he will be somewhat open and then there are times where you just kind of wonder what the hell are you doing up there Mitch you know Mitch <laughs> I remember the introductory press conference and Doug we were sitting close to each other at that introductory press conference just yeah, you were on my lap that was weird uh, yeah uh, there were well, plenty of you know, there were plenty of open seats it wasn't that good well, well, it was always weird you wouldn't let me do that when we were in the same state <laughs> filming the podcast, but I just had to let it go. When we were watching Mitch Kupchak, it was just kind of a bunch of eye rolls. It was just really weird how he didn't seem to know that Kimba Walker was a guy that was eligible for free agency, didn't know his payroll, didn't know exactly how much money he had on the books. So Mitch Kupchak sounds stupid every once in a while, and it felt like most fans were insulted that Mitch Kupchak was lying to them. It, just to talk about that introductory press conference, I remember watching that and thinking, why did we pick him? Why do we hire him? Because I would have <laughs> thought one of the key you know, subjects of the interview would be like, what would you do with this team as currently constructed? And he was like, I don't know what the roster is. I don't know how much people are getting paid. As I out. Good start. That's good, yeah, good start. Um, what, what specifically do you think he said that makes people think he's talking to them like they're stupid? Like what well, I, I think with Mitch Kupchak, it just discuss what was it the comments about Kimball Walker where he was discussing that he didn't want to bring him that he wanted to bring him back, but then that they don't realize the the kind of implications that would happen if Kimball Walker did come back. It just seemed yeah. like it was more an insult of maybe not that they were stupid, maybe that's a little bit different, but that we didn't necessarily get the situation that they were in and or that they were trying to hide something. And it's like, no, you're we, we understand the situation here, Mitch. You know, you stop trying to act like you have something to hide. I mean, there we understand. Just come out and say that you didn't feel it was the best move for the Hornets future. Yeah, I think that's a lot easier to sell a fan base on. Like I said, it, even if people can disagree or disagree with the plan or agree or disagree with the plan, but they need to know you have a plan mm -hmm. and it looks a lot better. And I know you can't really say it during the season to be like, yeah, this Kimba guy is going to be out of here at the end of the year. But on the time after the season, especially going into the moratorium time, I think it's a good time to say, you know, we think this team needs a reboot and we can't do that with Kimba Walker here dragging this team to 40 wins. Yeah. I think everybody would be like, okay, we get it. But it's difficult. It's difficult, right, to be honest 
about that assessment, that particular assessment that you just laid there, that with Kemba mm-hmm. Walker, uh, despite all of the records that he broke for this franchise, despite uh, becoming a one of the best three-point shooters in, in the league, despite becoming an all-NBA, a legitimate NBA, an all-NBA player, it wasn't like an Al Jefferson situation where he, he he sort of slides in on the center slot because there are three center slots, so it's e- it's easier to become all NBA at the center slot. No, he did it at the point guard position where it's extremely difficult uh, to rise above the the high level of play that we have in this league right now. So it's very difficult to look your fan base in the eye and say this guy, this guy can't get us to where we want to go. Like alone, we can't we can't do it with him alone. And we're going to have a real difficult time bringing him help if if we keep him at the number that is required to to keep him. I just I don't think I think they if they thought that if that's what they thought they they couldn't they couldn't say that publicly. I, I do think they thought that there was a comment that uh, Kimba's agent made where he said something along the lines of they didn't think they were a serious playoff team with this roster and with that. Like with that consideration, they weren't willing to go high enough with their money to make it worth it. Yeah, so it uh, yeah. Like I mean, there, there are player there are players in this league that I think are capable, and it's a very small number of players, but are capable of dragging a team like the Charlotte Hornets into the playoffs, kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kimba was not one of those players, and despite his best effort, I, I'm not questioning his effort or his ability. I'm just I'm just saying like that that he was not able to get this team to where it needed to go. Yeah, it's like you have like the Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Giannis guys that can take any roster and make them you know at least contenders to go two or three rounds into the playoffs, and then Kimba's like in the tier below where they'll take any roster and make them mediocre. That's like a br- they, no, uh, and I I totally agree, and that's just that's a brutal case. <laughs> Yeah. That you would have to make to your fan base. I don't think it's impossible to walk out. You know, maybe Michael Jordan. See, that's the problem, right? Because I think Michael Jordan could do that. He could make that case and say, "Listen, I'm I'm Michael Jordan. I know what it takes to win a championship. I know what teams that win championships." Oh, look he like. would get killed for that now. Uh, <laughs> that's fine, but he could. He would do it. Like if if, if anyone oh, could get do killed. it. Well, of course. That's why he doesn't do it. That's why he doesn't talk to the media. Of course. But I'm of just course. Say, but I'm just saying that 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 he could do it and and doesn't. In his denim jacket and all. I, oh, I think geez. when you you're look, just, you're just full of calling people liars. Commenting on people's dress uh, attire. I always tell the truth, the, and I never the wear knees. denim. Talk about manscaping. I, I, You're low. Talk about low blows or, or below the belt. That was the uh, yeah, line. yeah. Ugh, yikes! You can re- you can have that read. If there's anything that requires that saying, you can do that read. I don't have to do that one. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with plenty more here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. If they were to do sort of a scouting report of of me and my ability to use the internet. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah. I, Excellent Googler. Not a very good guy that's logging in. Very yeah. good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. Real quickly, I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast. I think it was the last one they did before everybody went on vacation with Kevin Artovitz. And they were talking about a couple of teams that piqued their interest that may not pique a lot of other people's interest. And the Dallas Mavericks were on that 
list for, I think, Kevin Arnovitz or maybe it was Zach Lowe. And Zach mentioned that maybe not signing Kemba Walker will be a blessing in the future. And he wasn't a fan of the Dallas Mavericks going out and getting Kemba, even though it was an attractive basketball situation. Let's say that you have KP that's healthy. You have Luka and Kemba both working in the backcourt together. That That is a, a really good basketball team. Yet you just look at the situation in the West and where they currently are constructed. Dallas, even with that trio, you know, maybe you guys are different and maybe you're a lot higher on that trio, but I don't think that you're putting them in the top three in the Western Conference, right? And, and I don't know if they're still going to be a, a final favorite. And so Zach Lowe was mentioning maybe it, it just makes a lot of sense that even if Dallas was all in on them and they, when it looked like they weren't going to get them, they were pretty upset. And then they just pivoted to, you know, signing other players like a Seth Curry on a, a pretty decent deal, you know, different pieces here and there. But I just feel like, okay, if the Dallas Mavericks, if, if signing Kimball Walker just doesn't make the best sense for them to completely get out of what would be, I don't know, a fourth seed ceiling or whatever, it, to me, it just didn't make sense for the Hornets who, if you bring back Kimball Walker, then they're fighting for another playoff spot. And maybe people were of the mind of, you improve this team by re-signing Kimba, just kind of taking your losses this season, and then after this season, really going after it when you have $40 million off of the books, when you have some of those player options off the books. And you know, that's just risky to, to just kind of throw away a year, to say, all right, well, we'll suck again this year. Maybe we make the eighth seed. Maybe we make the ninth or tenth like we have the last couple of seasons, and then we'll get $40 million off the books, and then we'll go get some of those other guys we feel are nice role players complimenting Kimba. But then if you do that, then let's say you improve enough to get to the 8th or 7th, and then is that even worth it? It just, to me, I, they were in a really tough situation, and it's really tough to say goodbye to Kimba. I, I, I ultimately think it was necessary, and I ultimately think Mitch Kupchak probably handled it incorrectly via the media. <laughs> yeah, it's always, I mean, from a fan's perspective, like... It, I would prefer to have Kimba Walker here to watch just on like a nightly basis. It's going to be more fun to watch when Kimba Walker's here. But I understand from a team building perspective, like you said, long term, it's probably easier to build. I can understand why a GM would think it's easier to build a team, a sustainable team without Kimba Walker, because he's also kind of mismatched with the other pieces that are supposed to be contributing long term. Like he's going to be 30 soon. Everybody else is like 21, 22 years old. And I'll tell you, silver lining from this whole situation in my mind is that by the end of the year, barring injury to to one or two of these young players, we're going. I think we're going to have a a really great evaluation of of who can play and who can't. Like this team is good; it has enough veteran players that you can't use the excuse of, well, you know, they didn't have anyone to distribute to them. Or this team, what this team was completely miserable. So you can't judge these young players by how they're going to do. You know, they need a new situation. I don't think they're going to have that excuse, and they're not going to have the excuse of, well, they played on a team with Kimba Walker who was sucking up, you know, ninety percent of the possessions, and so it's really difficult to get a read. No, I think by the end of the year, Miles Bridges, Malik Monk, even PJ Washington, Devontae Graham, Dwayne Bacon, we're all going to know whether these players are ready to jam or not. You can take that to the were, bank. Were you, were you trying to think of something that rhymed with jam like last second and couldn't find that word? Because it seemed like you were searching in your brain frantically. I What's a word that rhymes thing. with jam that might fit this? They're, they're e- we're either going to know if they can jam or they need to go back and hang with their fam. It's the Lockdown or, or Hornets they podcast. Need to, or they need to go out on the lamb. 
Jonathan DeLong, editor of <laughs> AtTheHive.com. We appreciate it as always. Jonathan, we got to do this more frequently, man. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm down for it for sure. All right, man. Again, Jonathan DeLong, AtTheHive.com. Go check him out if you can. Uh, what's your Twitter handle? Go ahead and tell it to the people. It is at JohnDeLong42 with no H, so J-O-N-D-E-L-O-N-G-4-2. And who knows where he's going to go after this episode. He was promoted to editor at thehive.com after his first time being on here. Now we'll see where he goes after a second time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with plenty more here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Did we like the Marco Bellinelli experiment here no. in Charlotte? Or are we glad that he's kind of gone? I, I, I'm one of those that's kind of glad he's gone. I, I, one I, of I the too. only players that has blocked Locked On Hornets on Twitter. Did he block us? <laughs> yeah. He blocked us. Did we come at him for something? Or? So I may have said, and I didn't at him or anything like that, but I may have said that his defense on LeBron James at one point resembled that of a potted plant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I was confused as much as anybody to see the Charlotte Hornets tweet just a couple of days ago. You see them... Get everybody excited for the future. Try to as much as they possibly can, right? The future, we know that this is a bleak time. The year Kimba 2000. Walker leaves for the Boston Celtics. Our star is gone. We're all very sad. In <laughs> fact, you were sad the other day. So the Charlotte Hornets are trying to Our star cheer us is up gone. The light has been turned off. Of Dwayne Bacon, Miles Bridges, and Devontae Graham. So the Charlotte Hornets put out a tweet. This is a couple days ago, like I said. It's labeled 704 hashtag Buzz City. And they have a picture collage. And on the left, taking up the entire left side, is a picture of Dwayne Bacon. Zoomed in on him. Got like a, a easy breathe strip on his nose or something like that. I don't know exactly what it is, but he's got that on his nose. He's got... And then there's another picture, right? On the right side, Miles Bridges on top, Devontae Graham on the bottom. This is a picture collage. I don't know if you know how those work, Doug. So... All of that under 704, hashtag Buzz City. And I take it as the Hornets trying to get everybody amped up for the season. Hey, this is our young core. Everybody get excited. Well, then I start seeing people quote tweet it, saying no Malik Monk here, of course. He's not working out with the team once again. Malik Monk caught a lot of criticism, including from myself, for not being there at Summer League. Not only did he not participate, but not being at summer league just around his teammates and it's like okay the hornets have given up on this guy malik monk's not there working out with all of the other young stars you have two second round selections we should be talking about your third year first round pick and malik but we're talking about Dwayne bacon and Devonte graham and i see a bunch of people quote tweet the same exact thing and i'm with them i agree with them and then i see Devonte graham quote tweet the same exact tweet that everybody else was doing he says 704 get it and then you look at the tweet a little bit more clearly. Dwayne Bacon on the left, <laughs> Miles Bridges, and Devontae Graham each on the right. And if you read it left to right, then it's the area code 704. And so we're all thinking, wait, why isn't Malik Monk in here? It's because he doesn't have a number that is included in the Charlotte area code. I got and, God, and, Doug. Well, and also he wasn't there. I mean, there's well, there's like a, a bunch <laughs> of I mean, they, yeah, they, they I mean, nice job, Hornets, and uh, way to get cute with the 704, the area code. I mean, I'm a 980 guy myself, but 704, that's cute, that's great. 980 is not even real, right? Like 980 just feels dirty. Are you a 980 guy? You're a 980 guy. Doug? I'm a 980 guy. I love 980. Way better. How long than has that been a part of Charlotte? 
I don't know. I think they added it, you know, when they were running out of numbers. I don't know. Anyway, point is, there's another picture with Miles Bridges and Devontae Graham. And then you've got this video of P.J. Washington. It's all by virtue of the fact that they all are there. They're all working out together. They're all getting to know each other. I was reading this article by Rod Boone of The Athletic where he interviewed uh, um, Dwayne Bacon and and basically was like, you know, Bacon's ready to go. He's he's tweeting very confidently. That's the new sign that players are ready to go now. They're just like super confident on Twitter. A lot of emojis, right? Yeah, and Bacon said like they're getting to know each other. This is this is prime time for players to really figure out where they're supposed to be and and what the other players like and where they like to be and and develop that sort of chemistry that's important to not only young players but all players in the NBA or it's supposed to be and Malik Monk is absent and and I think his absence is uh very prominent at this point as as this Hornets team tries to decide who their guy is. I don't know if you saw this little uh thread on Twitter. I'll try to find exactly who it was but it popped up on my Twitter feed. Apparently the the Hornets had an event with Coach Borrego for some season ticket holders last season. You know, a lot of season ticket holders, they're trying to decide, you know, with Kemba gone, the future of the team up in the air, do they want to stay or do they want to go? So the the Hornets trying to get ahead of the curve, inviting season ticket holders to talk to Coach Borrego. And and according, again, this is, you know, this was on Twitter. One of the season ticket holders said, according to Borrego, they haven't figured out who their guy is. And again, I don't know if that's I don't know if that actually happened, but I'll say this, that makes sense to me. Like this team is is way up in the air right now. They 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 brought Terry Rozier in, but he's not guaranteed to be the guy moving forward, and Malik Monk not being there getting this extra time in, I think says a ton. Did you see this thread on Twitter, Doug? We're just Walter I Burst. love this. We should do every show just just going on off of Twitter threads. Hey, did you see this? Walter Burks, just a fan that had season tickets for a long time, tweeted out an interesting thread to me. He said, I think this may be what I just, yeah, I think this Walter Burks guy was the thing. Right. Well, but it was something a little bit more than just they don't know who the guy is, right? Did you see this part of the thread, I guess, is the more specific way to say that. He also says, after having Hornets and Bobcats season tickets for many years, we decided to let them go. The nail in the coffin was Kimball leaving. However, there were many other factors. Well, today, some of us were invited to personally meet with Coach Borrego and General Manager Mitch Kupchak to ask questions. So you're right. They do get to meet with them. But what also he says is they addressed all the concerns in the room, and I'm incredibly impressed how committed the Hornets coaches and staff are to the fans. They sat with us for two hours answering any questions asked. Very classy move by the organization today. Now, apparently this guy still did not re-up on his season tickets, <laughs> but you know, it didn't work. But I do think that's a little interesting, right? Like, I don't know enough of the other teams and follow enough of enough closely to our, I don't know if the Philadelphia 76ers did this when they were going through Tankapalooza at the time. But that is interesting. The Hornets very conscious of saying, hey, we lost the one star, a part of this specific franchise after they came back from New Orleans. How can we get you to continue spending your money here? And then, so can we interest you in meeting with Borrego and other people and us answering your questions? I just thought that was a classy move. Hornets take a lot of criticism, and I'm not here to absolve them of responsibility and why they're here. Good move by the Hornets, I think, to do this, and it only helps them by Walter Burks, the star of our show, at least for the uh, last segment, putting this out there. 
Well, and is, is it a classy move, Walker, or is it a necessary move? I mean, we just spent the past two segments discussing how the Charlotte Hornets, almost without argument, lost the PR battle with, with, with the Kimball Walker situation. And so this, I think this team has to do multiple things moving forward in terms of outreach to the fans to sell them on the idea that their young core is going to take them to, to great heights in the future. And, and that's just why, again, it's baffling to me that, like, does Malik Monk believe he's part of that young core? I don't know because he's not here. I can't ask him because he's not here. I remember a tweet, again, as we go back to the bird, Malik Monk he put out a while ago. I think Jared Dudley tweeted something out about player situations and how situations to players mean everything and how they succeed or not. And Malik Monk quote tweeted that. And I, he might have had the eyeball emoji. I, I don't know. It'd be wrong for me to speculate. But I remember him quote tweeting that. And, and obviously with the message being, hey, I'm in a situation that hasn't really favored me. And it's like, man, you're not doing yourself any favors, man. Look, I, we all know. It's well documented. It's my I love nummy. Malik Monk. But... I love Malik Monk when he was drafted, but you're right. He's not there. I did criticize him for not being at summer league. It just, it just looks like he's not helping himself in a lot of this. And you hope that turns around, but real quickly, let's get to some of the other news that's happened this past week. So the Hornets did sign a couple of guys to some contracts. We don't know whether they're exhibit 10 contracts or at least one of them might be a nine contracts, exhibit 14 contracts. I mean, who knows? There are a lot of numbers and, and you know, we just don't know which ones they are. Uh, it might be a 704, could be a 980 contract, but they're at least going to have a training camp invite with them being Exhibit 10 contracts, if that is the case. Joe Cheely played as a two-way contract player for the Charlotte Hornets last year, got his debut against the Boston Celtics, and scored a bucket, two points in Boston. That was his one bucket of <laughs> one bucket Ooh. that I ever got in the NBA as of right now. We'll see if he does make the roster at some point and is able to get some regular season playing action with the Hornets next season. But they signed Joe Cheely. This was a guy that was a large part of the G League affiliate last year. 16.3 points, 3.6 rebounds, 5.4 assists last year for the Swarm. They also signed Josh Perkins. Somebody that performed pretty well in summer league and very well early had that one big game where he hit a bunch of threes, including a a heat check three, which was really fun to watch. Last year, he was up for the Bob Cousy Award, the award for the nation's top point guard, scored 11 points, 2.7 rebounds and 6.3 assists. He did so in just over 30 minutes of action. So he played uh, for a long time with Gonzaga. He was a fifth year senior, a senior with the Zag. So Josh Perkins, a good player that I liked in college basketball. And I liked in Summer League. So, Cheely, Perkins, a couple of the guys that they signed, they did this on Monday, I believe. I think everyone has gone to school with a guy named Josh Perkins at some point. I think if we all dug up our yearbooks or or looked at some uh, class rosters from college, like we all uh, at some point sat in a classroom with someone named Josh Perkins. I know Josh Perkins. He was fat in high school. Actually, got pretty skinny. You know, little pro- some problems outside of high school. Not going to lie, but I think he got himself over it and actually got a pretty decent paying job. And he's doing well now. I haven't talked to him in a long time. But Josh Perkins doing all right. At least where I went to high school. Per- they did sign and they did sign another player, seven foot white guy. Like I said, I know <laughs> you were at the edge of your seat at the beginning of this segment. As soon as I said that, Can't help themselves. They signed Thomas Welsh the center from UCLA for the last uh, few seasons. Difficult language uh, to learn, Welsh. 
2018, he was drafted by the Denver Nuggets, 58th overall. He appeared with the Capital City Go-Go, I think, uh, (laughs) uh, the Iowa. That's not real. It's real. I'm telling you, it's real, and it's great. It's real, and it's spectacular. He also played with a team in Iowa. I forget what their nickname is, but I don't really care at this point. It's not the Go-Go, I can tell you that. Appeared in 11 games last season, and they signed him, what you would guess, to be a Exhibit 10 contract. So basically what it looks like is happening is the Hornets are going to throw Thomas Welsh, they're going to throw Caleb Martin, Joe Cheely, Josh Perkins, a bunch of young basketball players in at training camp, and whoever is the leader, whoever is the last man standing in, in a, a gladiator-type fight, they're going to be the last guy that makes this roster. And or maybe they go after a veteran. It just seems like the Hornets, I, I don't know who's going to make the last roster spot for the Hornets. It could be a guy like Jody Meeks, Doug, who is a veteran in this league and has been for a long time. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to me. Sam Amico, Amico Hoops reporting that the Hornets and the Clippers are looking at Jody Meeks. Uh, two teams, the Hornets and the Clippers, that couldn't be on different trajectories. But I think it's it tells you that you know a lot of these veteran shooters that are are bouncing around the league right now are going to have a choice between those few teams that are in contentions that have those dynamic duos like the Clippers do and teams like the Hornets that are going to offer you either more money or more playing time. I think the Hornets can offer Jody Meeks more playing time. And I think if they do sign a veteran, a veteran shooter, it's only going to help Terry Rozier. It's only going to help to space the floor for Miles Bridges and some of these other young guys and PJ Washington too. If they find somebody that can also create, because I don't, I mean, Jody's just pretty much a spot up shooter at this point. If they can find a veteran that can shoot and do a little creation, I think that's going to help as well. Um, but I'm fine with with a veteran signing like that. One more thing on Thomas Welsh. He, he's like a Cody Zeller doppelganger to me. He is a, a, a Zeller ganger to me. He, he <laughs> I mean, I think these two are going to talk about fight to the, you know, cage match, fight to the death. I think one of these guys, it's like time travelers. One of them is going to have to kill the other so that they can both exist on this time space continuum. Have you seen the picture they tweeted out? It's with Thomas Welsh in the middle. James Borrego, who is just photogenic as hell, right there to his left. Looking you are good. Just, you're just on... You're on Cupcheck's thing right now. You're just you just love <laughs> commenting on Cupcheck. Borrego or Cupcheck? No, you're I, all Bar- over Cupcheck, man. You've just been this is a guy owe you money? Just upset with him. I don't know why. He is looking, I, I'm not upset with him. Look at the picture. He's he looking funny. down for some reason. I, I love that when like everyone's looking but, in one direction and one guy just sort of misses the misses the lens. He's, he doesn't find the lens. He looks tired, Doug. I'm not angry at so him. Working I'm, hard. I'm worried for him. I'm. I'm. I don't think he's healthy. I'm oh not my angry. God. What I'm are not you as, doing? I'm not at. His, I'm not at his right thing. Now. I'm not on his thing. Oh, you're on his you thing, man. So you're so on his thing right now. Look dude. at his eyes. They're squinty. He Stop. looks like he just got out of his bed. His hair's all out of whack. When you got oh, Welsh's hair looking all right, Borrego looking photogenic. You should and be somebody, of all people. You should be the the radio guy who does the morning show. You get up at like three o'clock in the morning. Of all people, you should be sympathetic to early risers. He just doesn't look healthy to me. And I was just wondering if you thought the same thing. Apparently not. Apparently I'm being Dr. Mitch Dr. Mail diagnosing Hornets executives. I, I Go check yourself out, Mitch. We're all worried about you. Actually, probably people are really angry at you. But still, 
I hope that people would still want you to be relatively healthy. So that'll do it for today's podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. And when you get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked on Hornets. We've got the NBA schedule being released on Monday. That'll happen at 3 p.m. We'll get to talk about that at 3 o'clock. And also something we did not get to today because we had Jonathan DeLong. DeLong Division, double dosage, not daily. I'm out of D's. We did have him, so we didn't get to the Sham Sharania article. D's nuts. That he wrote for about Kimba Walker. Uh, Some interesting stuff in there. Perhaps the contract was even lower than what we originally thought. I want to get to that on Tuesday. We will break down the Charlotte Hornets schedule. I think they're going to play every team twice. I think so. We'll see. But I do think that's going to happen. We'll break it all down on Tuesday. Thanks for joining us once again. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network.